The Fujicast is an independent loading zone production. Thursday, 26th of March, 2020. The Fujicast. Thursday, Kev, is the the new Saturday, as is Friday (laughs) and Monday. I have no idea what day it is. It's like like Christmas, isn't it? It's like that week between Christmas and New Year when you don't actually know what day of the week it is. You're kind of in no man's land. (laughs) Our Jack's birthday today, so... um, Happy birthday, Jack. So, uh, we've done uh, some present unwrapping, as you would imagine. Um, entirely by Zoom, though, which was, was quite strange. So, oh. so, his grandparents watched him uh, undo his, uh, un- un- unwrap his gifts uh, by Zoom. His uncle did, and his uh, other uncle and auntie as well. So, it's, it's, been, a zo- it's been a Zoom unwrapping today. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very, it's a very. We've we've got kind of. I think we've got a hang now of the handle on, on doing this sort of put the put the machine where we need it, the computer where we need it, and we've got sort of a backdrop now of, uh, of the living room in the right place with the light coming in at the right time. I mean, at this rate, we'll never have to see our, our folks ever again. <laughs> we, yeah, can you imagine? We got it sorted. Do you know one of the funniest? Uh, the, the president that raised the bi- biggest laugh and the whoop in uh, an emergency package from um, his his grandparents. Can you can you guess? Can have a guess at what sort of present? Mm, be, pass. No idea. A toilet roll. Don't be rude. Uh, no, it's true. Uh, uh, <laughs> his grandparents sent him a brilliant. toilet roll. Can you send it to us because we're running short? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, the, apparently, the now people have uh, finally woken up to the reality of this. The the shops are able to deal with this better now, aren't they? So, mm. yeah. I think, uh, well, there we go. What, what were you up to last night? Then did you watch all your miss? Not not your miss marples. What were you watching? What did you say? Uh, last night. What did we do last night? Oh, we played. Um, we played darts for a while mm. and. Uh, the kids did some dancing around the kitchen and then um, what do we watch we watched oh uh, the kids well and I do actually we, we really like Modern Family I don't know if you've ever seen that no. uh, very funny American is that the cartoon sitcom. cartoon one no 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 it's not it's not a cartoon it's uh, it's definitely not a cartoon it's um, what's the family one I'm thinking about the cartoon one with all the bad language yeah you're thinking of Family, family Guy, guy. is that yeah. bad I don't know is it bad language I don't know yeah, I think so. I don't watch right. that, but okay. but Modern Family is really good, really funny, um, and uh, the kids like it too. Although some of the more adulty type jokes kind of go over their head, which is good. It's probably a good thing. And then then we watched a bit of Gogglebox, uh, which is like always Gogglebox, funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I went to bed. Well, um, we've got some questions that have come in, which we're, we'll um, launch into in a second. A couple of our, our, our um, you know, a couple of our commercial friends, if you like, Mark at Shotkit's been busy. He's been working on an article that will show photos taken by talented photographers from around the world that depict the effects of COVID nineteen. Example photos: things like empty supermarket shelves, social distancing, desolate tourist attractions. Of course, now, Kev, you have to remember that some of the above. Um, in that list there is just you can't do it can you in some countries you can't even go out so um, it's not considered essential movement or travel so uh, obviously think careful but carefully but but I guess the, the the thinking is that as photographers many many people may already have some of this stuff in their arsenal so if you've got it uh, closing submissions very soon six days in terms of the published date for, for this latest Fujicast daily um, so that's over at shotkit.com you can join that by the way for free shotkit.com how can I, I how do we describe shotkit Kev you've been on it I've been on it uh, yeah it's basically a blog posts of photographers and what's in their camera bag yeah 
Yeah. It's real kit porn. Uh-oh. Yeah, kit porn, gear porn. <laughs> gear porn. Uh, it's quite interesting, yeah. yeah. I, I, I read, uh, funny enough, on a similar kind of thread, I read on Twitter the other day about um, uh, a photographer, just a regular photographer being stopped in, in this was in the UK, mm. um, by the police. Who He was out early trying to take some pictures of the, uh, you know, the streets empty. Yeah. And he was uh, swiftly moved on. Get yeah. back in your house. Really? Um, funnily enough, I saw this as well on the Fuji Cast Facebook group while we're talking about street stuff. Um, if you're not a member of it, by the way, join us. We'd love you to be there. Um, Simon Berry's thoughts on projects where we're seeing empty streets and aerial shots of areas that only a month ago were full of traffic and people. He says, "Isn't it's difficult, isn't it? The urge to document versus avoiding pandemic porn. We've never had that word twice in the same episode. Uh, for want of a better term, as the memories fade in future, the photos will become more and more and more important. This is likely to be the most photographed world event ever, isn't it? Well, I don't know, because, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you've, regardless of the, the urge to go out and photograph, yeah. you, you shouldn't be. You you should be staying at home. That's what they're saying. Stay at home. Yeah. Don't, don't go out with your camera and don't go and document it as much as we would love to. Document inside your house. Yeah, you but I don't, I don't just mean desolate streets. I mean, I mean those things like inside your house. I mean, the, as, as far as a historical project goes, um, wow, I mean, people looking back at this particular year in 100, 200 years. Uh, well, I mean, God hope nothing else has happened like it. They'll be far more sensible in keeping all the, all the drugs trials going next time, I think. But, um, yeah. Um, uh, funnily enough, Henry Tring sent in a mail along these lines. He said, just found the podcast since you went daily, boys, and I can see I have a bit of work ahead of me in the next month or two or three or who knows to tackle the back catalogue. I'm a Sony user professionally, though I have an X100F for personal work, which has certainly been in use of of late more. I mainly shoot commercial headshots, which are by nature contrived. They always tend to be on white or mottled backdrops or cloths. Um, so uh, now I'm at home and with only five professional years under my belt, I'm being forced to think outside the box and find new subjects. Reportage, of course. Any hints or tips on how to tell a family story since, Kevin, you're somebody I greatly admire for your day-in-the-life work. Keep going, boys. Appreciate the effort you're making. Henry Tring from HT Visual. So come on, some, um, some hints because you are the, you are the day in, day-in-the-life king. um well that's it though isn't it the whole point is that it's candid so whatever is happening is happening but you also you know you always have to remember it's it's got to be more than snapshots so you have to take into consideration light uh you know light composition moment those three things they're the key critical elements of a good picture um and then when it comes to stories who why what where and when you know we've, we've talked about that a load of times before um it's very easy to not it's very easy to just turn into snapshots you know family snapshots and then put them all together and say this is a day in the life and actually it's you know a whole load of snapshots when you when you want to make something artistic out of it you have to think beyond um using using candid or candidity is candidity a thing no, you've just invented candid, yeah. candid nature as an excuse yeah. you know some people will say well you know it's candid so uh, you know it's a bad picture because it's candid it is you know i can't affect what happened there but actually you can affect the lights the metering the exposure the moods the angles the positions um you know and so you have to think about those rather than just snap 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 although of course we all do snap 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 and they are our own family snaps that nobody else will see apart from the family who are the most important people there was an ama- amazing uh, film that fran is it fran corbett so i've not got it to hand to fran i'm sorry if i got the last name wrong but she shared something on vimeo she lives in france and um she's been making two and a half three minute films with her xt3 
Um, mm. But they're they're very um, they're they're very good films, and they're well, they are they're exceptionally candid and, and very honest because you can see the look in the children's face sometimes, thinking, "Please, no, I don't want to do this." So she's got that real feeling of we're in this together, family. You know, in, mm. in one. So I suppose really authenticity during this period as well. If you're doing a day in the life stuff, I mean, I know you wouldn't be scared of showing the kids showing their emotions, would you? No, not at all. Although it's you know the older they get, the more difficult it becomes. Mm. Um, and it's really tricky for me because the only camera I have in my house is my GFX 100 with the 110 mil <laughs> lens. <laughs> I don't oh, even no. have the X100. It's You've not even all got of the that's X100. in the studio. Oh. <laughs> I, and that's, I don't suppose now with the, the current rules you can even take git out for a walk and, and go and collect it can you well i suppose i could i, I mean i could you know the walk the, the, my studio is only about a four minute walk from the yeah, house so i could take far. the dog and, and pop in there but you know it's 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 about being you know obliging to what they say and and yeah. there is a lot even though i live in sleepy mom's really not a lot of people live here um there's a lot of police and i suspect um that's something to do with dyson because dyson at the at the top of the hill a lot of people um dyson you know you may know dyson is uh, headquarters in, in malmesbury yeah, james dyson yeah, was from yeah. malmesbury and now they're they're producing ten thousand um ventilators for the yes, government yes i know amazing so dyson is open and presumably they're manufacturing and manufacturing them there rather than uh in china where their the usual oh, yeah, uh, manufacturing bases must be. so yeah. there's, there's a lot of cars and a lot of people walking up and down the street going to dyson yeah, um yeah. but equally a lot of police as well who are because I'm, I'm seeing it through my window you know they're all going by and uh, presumably the police are like can i see a dyson badge and, see yeah. yeah well they're doing a really important job yeah absolutely um, yeah um one from simon um uh, pickard oh from <laughs> we had only had him on the show yesterday was it the day before from quidditch as i called it in devon Jono's mm-hmm. Quoditch. Thanks for the daily, boys. I just wanted to encourage you both to get your cameras out and capture some images. It's not their fault that the world has gone AWOL. Uh, the images don't have to be perfect. They don't have to be published. They just need to be, oh, look at that, click moment. He's absolutely right, isn't he? Um, yeah, that's what we just talked how, about. How much have you actually used your... Um, I know, now, now I know you've got the GFX. If, you, if it wasn't the GFX and you had your X100F there, would you be taking lots of pictures? I must have. I've been really... I, I've only turned the camera on for some video stuff that I've been doing in my studio here. Mm, yeah, I must admit, I, I hasn't been something that's been crossing my mind so much because, I, you know, without without being disingenuous, I think, um, you know, those people who have a day job and a guaranteed salary and all that kind of stuff, it might be more natural for them to think, oh, I, you know, it'd be a nice time to get the camera out and, yeah. you know, and, and do some family stuff. Uh, for me right now, I'm more concerned about... Um, you know, getting income and, you know, what happens next and, you know, speaking to the weddings and the clients that are deferring and figuring all that stuff out. So, yeah, I mean, who knows how long we're going to be in this uh, this box. This thing. <laughs> I just hope the weather stays with us. It's beautiful. Um, well, you told but- me the other day it was going to snow and I, I said that to the family. I said, uh, Kevin's, Kevin, says, Kevin sent something here. Warning, warning. Yeah. He says the snows are on the way. Apparently mm. they're not, though. Um well, according to Metcheck, they are. Metcheck.com. When does, yeah, when does Metcheck Sunday. say they're, they're here then? Sunday morning. Oh. What the f- No, that's the last thing we need. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Uh, Give us yeah. a break! Excuse <laughs> me. I feel I have to shout sometimes. This soundproof studio is very good for shouting in. 
<laughs> I've got all the, the entire family are huddled in the kitchen. Uh. I said, don't say a word. Keep the dogs quiet. No, don't they can the- make noise because it's real life. Because you're you're where you are in your world. I'm where I am in my world. Just now, Sam was out there um, mowing the lawn, and she said, "Shall I stop?" I said, "No, carry on. It's just real life." Well, if you could send us your lawnmower as well, because that's one thing we haven't got at the moment. Uh, so our lawn, <laughs> our living, lawn is looking very dodgy. You're going to be living in a jungle. I tell you <laughs> what, the ki- if the kids get bored, so kids, we got a couple of pairs of scissors. We need to mow the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, we'd let those hairy things that live in the garden out to oh. to, to chew on them normally, but the get the dog would be after that like a like a rabbit up a drain pipe yeah, or whatever the saying is um yeah adden and Ona, fuji film cameras have a setting for high dynamic range how does it work internally or technically what are the trade-offs kev considerations what are we sacrificing for a higher value having to use a higher iso thanks for the good um work. yeah i mean the dynamic range setting is something that's been in all of the fuji cameras you can choose auto 100 percent, 200 percent, 400 percent, and effectively it, it pushes up the um, minimum iso you can shoot at to yeah. um to save the shadows and highlights uh, i typically leave it at 100 percent. that's the equivalent of of off mm. um and uh it only affects your jpeg so you know if you shoot raw you can pretty much ignore it and yeah it's uh it's not uh, actually saying that i'm not sure if he might be talking about xt4 and the, the high dynamic range type bracketing stuff that's in there um i'm presuming he's on about just di- dynamic range regular uh, yeah, dynamic range reg- i'm looking um, i don't know why i put the i put the thing right on the floor over here yes he is yeah just in reach dynamic range yeah so leave it at 100 percent if you if you don't want to have it affecting your images uh, it'll only affect jpegs 400 percent, i think will mean you can only shoot a minimum iso of 800 mm. there you go Steve Lynham, I'm not a professional photographer, I'm an amateur photographer who, like many of your followers, etc., loves taking photos. I worked in a school for very disabled children the last 14 years of my career. Shortly before retiring, I thought, I know, I'll upgrade my camera equipment. Been using Nikon stuff, Nikon, 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 but aware, became aware that the buzz uh, that was rumbling around the X100, so it's going back. A few years, isn't it? I came, I came across Zacharias, ah, oh, hero of ours. The more I looked at his stuff, the more I realised that these were the sort of photos I was trying to make with my DSLRs. So to cut a very sh- a long, a long story short, I bought the X100S. At first, both smitten by the pure loveliness that it produced, and then frustrated by the slowness in, in gaining focus. The X100S wasn't fast, was it? And it was, it was, it was better than the X100, but it certainly wasn't speedy, was it? Well, it was speedy at the time. Yeah, <laughs> it's not now, though. Yeah. He says anyway. I persevered. Then it came across that mullins work and was absolutely bowled over by his images and still am i also realized that in my own amateur way his work was exactly what i'm trying to get to about three years ago i decided i'd look through all my photos thousands make a website for the very best of them and this was a very good thing because i realized that despite my worst fears i'd actually taken a couple of good ones over the years it came as a complete surprise i'm actually proud of my best images because like everyone else i suffer from <laughs> imposter syndrome mm. now we've both suffered from that haven't we mm, yeah absolutely yeah how, how does i think it, it's natural how, how does it manifest with you well i wake up in the morning and i think i rubbish and then go back to bed <laughs> <laughs> no you don't um yeah no i think we all do uh, it's natural isn't it because if you don't if you don't think uh, actually you know i'm am i good at this then then it be ch- just becomes egotistical i suppose yeah. um but yeah i think everybody has an element of imposter syndrome when will i get caught out when will they figure it all out if you don't feel that to to an extent surely uh 
I don't know, it's a bit like having nerves when you go into a wedding scenario, isn't it? If you haven't got slight anticipation... Well, I don't suffer from nerves, but I do suffer from... An- or suffer is probably the wrong word. But I, 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 there's an anticipation. Pressing that first that first shutter press is important, isn't it? Yeah, I think you know you get you get into a rhythm of things pretty yeah. quick. But uh, yeah, you know it's really funny because you see some people who seem to have um, right at the beginning of the curve of their their career. You know they get they, they're on Facebook. My picture, look at my picture, it's great. And and then they start you know dissing other people's pictures and everything. Uh. And then after a while, they realize, actually, you know, their pictures perhaps aren't that good. And, you know, it's like you see it all the time. It is. It's it happens all the time. Um, and then, they, you know, then they, they go into that curve of, oh, my God, actually, maybe I'm not very good at this. And then, you know, somebody says your pictures are good. And then they think, well, actually, all right, maybe I am OK at this. <laughs> and, it's uh, a yo-yo, you know. <laughs> isn't it? It's constant yo-yo. <laughs> I love Steve's uh, website, by the way, not www.notapropophotographer.com. Should go check that out. Um, he was the one, by the way, that did ask. He said, um, there must be something about... He was talking about the two of us. Uh, I, I know that you're friends, but there must be something about the, the, the other one that irritates, annoys, or perplexes you. He said, go on, spill the beans. So it was still Steve that sent that question. But I think we answered that one, didn't we? But uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah, um, you, you said you hated me, and I said I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> I did not say that at all. I said you were too hard on yourself. <laughs> because you are a perfectionist, though, aren't you? um i don't well i no, think, I, think I try my best i try my best oh listen to you hang on i just must just go and shave my left eyebrow a little bit it's a bit too long <laughs> are they growing <laughs> unnecessarily you, uh, yeah well there we go you can put that in the jobs mow the lawn do the eyebrows anyway. mow the eyebrows uh mow the eyebrows um so we um have a short interview today um we're talking about different genres and i thought this might be fun i spoke a little while ago to nizar birch who is a who is a dog photographer um he's just only recently started doing it professionally i thought a little bit of his story might might be interesting to listen to as we're all thinking about you know our genres and what we're doing as professionals and what happens at the end of all this so this is nizar birch Two years ago, you started photographing dogs. The business is called Scallywags. I know you have two of your own. You've got Spaniels, haven't you? Uh, yes. What are their names? The one's Blaze and uh, the younger one is Spice. And have you, have you always had dogs? I had dogs. Growing up in South Africa, they are different. So they're more outside dogs for protection and basically crime. So two years ago, then, you decide to set up what our cousins across the pond would call a hustle, an, an occupation aside your main one. Take me right back to the day, Nizar, that you thought you know what i could attach pound notes to this well it started off with um my first well i had a spaniel before these two he was called scully so scully is the afrikaans word word for scallywag and um I just started taking photos of him, posted photos on Facebook. I joined all these Spaniel groups on Facebook, posted photos on there, and it just started escalating from there because people started asking me to photograph their pets, and then that's when I realised there might be a market for this. So you really started out, it was really social media that, that got the whole thing starting for you, and it, was, it wasn't something that you thought, right, well, I'll, I'll post these because I'm going to make money. You were posting them because oh. you love the dogs, and it was just... it, 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 it was, it was almost by accident that people were saying, "Well, I like what you do, Nizar. Could you could you do the same for yeah, me?" That's that's how it started. Okay, what what gear did you start out with then? 
I had a, I started off with the Lumix point and shoot. From there, I moved on to Canon uh, 70D. And then I started doing workshops and I just pushed myself like 100% into this. And the more I did the workshops and all these YouTube tutorials, I realized that I needed to get professional gear if I wanted the standard that I am at now. And so I got all the Canon Pro lenses and the more workshops I did, the better I got. I like this idea that you you spend time playing with the dogs before you even pick the camera up to, to photograph them. Do you think that makes yes. much of a difference? Yes, I do, because the more you do it, you, you start seeing and realizing how dogs react. One of the main things, you don't want to photograph a nervous dog. So you sort of um, you start seeing the signs. So the calmer the dog and the more relaxed the dog is, the, the better shots you'll get. So when you play with these dogs, you're not it's not rough and tumble throwing a ball for them. It's, it's, it's a calming down process. This is in a confined, if it's studio, it's in a confined space, but... If it's an outdoor shoot, I'll probably go in a country park and I'll actually I'll have my camera in my bag and we'll probably walk for half an hour so that the dog can release energy and get used to me. Do you, do you have any experiences where it just wouldn't work? Or have you faced up to any breeds that were were just looking at you with that uh, don't press that shutter knees are look? I did have, I had a rescue dog and it was a Saluki Whippet Cross. So these, this is a greyhound, like a hound type dog, was rescued and totally afraid of men. And he just wouldn't settle. And all my shots I got of him was of his ears going backwards, uh, like he was forced to do what he wasn't happy. And as soon as I told the client to kind of move to the garden, because I do my shooting in client homes, so I'm mobile. I don't have a studio of my own. Yeah. So after a while, I, I told the, the client, can we just get get the dog outside so he can just like just be himself? And most of my shots from the shoot, I ended up having auto shots because the dog was just, happier outdoor yeah if you are indoors or, or maybe even outdoor for for some applications does flash make dogs nervous uh, yes it can there's a few questions I ask the owner beforehand. I'll normally ask how does the dog react to noise because I have toys that make like I have duck noises I have whistles to get the action from the dog so normally I'd ask the owner does the dog react to any noise is he a nervous dog? And while I'm sitting up, I would just like test my speed light. And the, normally you'll just like look and say, oh, what was that? But his tail would still be wagging. So it's more curiosity. We're two years into this now. Is there a plan to take this full time as the main occupation? That, that's the plan, yes. And how close are we to that? Probably another year or so. I think, my, my, like I said, my next step would be to have a proper studio where I can wear my display and light and everything's on, on show all the time. Who's your inspiration, by the way? I'm intrigued. You must, you must have somebody that uh, you look at in your genre and think, oh, I want to be like him or her. First, when I started doing the photography, um, the English photographer who does um, working dogs, and he's the first one I looked at and I thought, oh, that's the sort of outdoor stuff I'd like to do. And it's, he's called Steve McGuinness. Yeah, and then there's the other, then I just did normal like workshops with this Alice Loader. She does workshops, all dog photography related. Another person who's helped me a lot with workshops and training is a photographer called Linda Johnston. And a uh, good thing about the dog photography, there's lots of groups. The more you post, the more critique and help you get and that's helped me a lot thanks Denisa and of course um, if you have any stories for us send them in click at fujicast.co.uk Thursday night anything planned um, I think I'm going to stay in tonight yeah <laughs> I'm going to stay in maybe watch a bit of telly for a change 
going to come to the pub tomorrow? Um, no. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, if oh, all yes. of this is finished by tomorrow. No, yeah, no, there's seems... a vir- there's a virtual pub. I got oh, I got a call there? up last week. Um, I got a message saying you coming to the pub. Um, I said, well, what do you mean coming to the pub? I can't come to the pub. We're all locked in. Boris has said you can't go out. No, you're going to come come down the pub. And there was like a virtual pub waiting for me at the end. Well, I was in my office. There I was mm-hmm. in, in the virtual pub on Zoom. Yeah, there's a lot of that, actually. Um, Laura, bless her, at Fujifilm, she's tried to keep us all in in, in touch by having these virtual meetups yeah. um, with, uh, like, morning for coffee and then evening for drinks. Um, the London Welsh boys, they, they're doing one on Friday nights. That's that's not um, – that will not be very um, – There's no coffee. Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It won't be for the faint-hearted, that's for sure. Um, then my dad's – my mom's my three dads, they're doing one. Um, oh. Yeah. So uh, I haven't been to any of them yet. I'll just be sat here looking. Actually, I'll tell you what I have been doing. I've been um, getting to grips with Capture One. Oh, and has your mind changed about it at all? No. Oh. Um, I've been, when I say getting to grips with it, I've been thinking about throwing my screen out the window. (laughs) Oh, no, why? Uh, You can't even go full screen. You can't press F to get the image to just appear. You know, like in lights off mode on um, Lightroom. uh, Lightroom. You can't that. That just doesn't happen, and and I, I must be doing something wrong or, or whatever. I don't know, but it's just like the basic things. I must admit, those the images that I'm I'm pulling out of it are nice, but the effort involved is uh, is just a little bit too much. Is, is the sharpening um, everything that they say that it is better above Lightroom? I can't see any different myself. The worm, <laughs> the wormies disappearing. You know, the famous uh, worms everybody talks about. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, that's for images that you know are probably a little bit over sharpened anyway. So I I don't I never sharpen my images so i'm not really seeing it but um, i mean the worm effect is definitely a thing in lightroom for sure but i I rarely see it um but i'm gonna persevere because i i feel like chicken um, tonight I want to feel like chicken tonight. Like, like room, I think, I think we're all going a little bit mad. I feel like chicken tonight. Thank you. <laughs> I don't think we have any. There's a shortage down that we can't. We will be eating virtual chicken. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll chat to you uh, tomorrow on the the last daily of the week before we hit the weekend. Okie doke. Take, Take care. Bye bye. The Fuji Cast is an independent loading zone production. Email the show with your questions and words of wisdom to click at fujicast.co.uk. Email any complaints and political nonsense to our wives who will deal with your comments in their own good time and in their own good way.